Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rash Pixel FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Nikki. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. We, as we are recording this, so there's always the little, there, there's a little delay, uh, but as we are recording this, we've just come out of uh, the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday weekend, and so a belated Thanksgiving to those if we missed you last week. Uh, and uh, so we're recovering. It is a fine Monday morning as we are recovering from being away for a few days. So if we're moving a little slow, that may be why. The recovering, that's a really good word. Yeah, let's talk I'll about tell that. You why. What, how are yeah, you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. I feel like I've been beaten up a little bit what? because I, I was. I was beaten up. So I had this great idea yesterday, um, which was Sunday. So this was Sunday after Thanksgiving to put my Christmas decorations up. Okay. And uh, in our attic, we have all of our bins. And um, I have to tell you that the (laughs) bins, he already knows where this is going. So the bins are, um, my attic is not organized. It is very... um, I mean, if you looked at it, you would definitely think it was a hoarder that that lived in that <laughs> small space, and it's extremely dangerous. We should say and it I found has that been out. organized in the past because it has. Yeah, we, we but, used it. We did a photo shoot there. <laughs> that was like many, many years yeah, ago. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um. So anyway, yes, it was. It's very dangerous, and so um, there's this little small path, and it's actually a pretty good sized attic because you can walk in and um, you know. It's it's not an attic that you have to like go up a ladder or anything. I mean, I walk right in and it's part of the house, right? Okay. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain. But anyway, there was this little path um, where I could see the decorations and so, or, I mean, the, the bins. And so I went to get the bins and my daughter was helping me. And I looked at the where they were sitting and I thought, you know, I didn't th- I didn't think that we could be on that part of the attic. Because I didn't, you know, it's not wooden. It's not wood. But yet here are these bins that are on that part of the attic. So I go and I do my thing. Because it's just like drywall, like over the rafters. Right. It's not like ply. But, it's Well, th- part of it is. Like the majority of it is ply. But that's where like the hoarding is happening. Okay. So, not, I I had to go to the other part of the attic, which, which has is, no subfloor. Which there. has no no, because I didn't realize that my husband had actually put boards 
underneath the bins so that they would stay. Like I didn't connect that you needed to have a board with <laughs> where the the bins were. So I'm getting the last bin and I am not kidding. I slipped through my roof. <laughs> oh God. I Nikki, what <laughs> I mean, I'm only laughing I, because you're st- obviously standing here today. I know. Nikki, what I, happened? <laughs> it, was one, it was one of the scariest things I have ever experienced in my life. I seriously <laughs> thought I was going to die or I was going to like break every bone in my body. I had one leg hanging. <laughs> and so my and then I had the other leg (laughs) I know it's like Thanksgiving miracle slash Christmas vacation experience it was awful so my my daughter's like Nikki are you okay I'm like no I'm not I'm not okay or she said mom she's like mom are you okay I'm like no I'm not I'm like I am through the roof like I am dangling what? and what? so what is I had <laughs> what at this point <laughs> what is below you I mean I know as you're through what the room garage. are you what room are you're in the garage yeah, so legs sticking out of your living room. <laughs> no, out of the garage. Oh, God. So I look down and all I see is, I mean, because my garage is a mess too. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I, if I fall, what am I going to fall on? Because it's like, it looks like a hoarding uh, episode too. It's so bad. And so, um, yeah, I have one leg dangling and then I have the other leg up on the attic and I'm holding <laughs> on like this, like this, right? Like I'm holding on for dear life and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, I'm going to fall through the roof because if it, if it went through my foot, my leg, if I'm sitting here, I'm going to fall. Oh, like yeah. I am going to of fall. <laughs> and so my, uh, daughter, like, goes and gets my husband and he's like oh well you know we're gonna get you out we're gonna get you out but then he starts walking on the part that I fell on although he knows that it's supported right because he knows where the the boards are and everything right but I totally panic because I'm like no you can't stand there you're gonna get hurt you're gonna fall like we're both gonna fall yeah. so like I'm totally panicking not and you really have this connecting. image of your entire floor just or attic floor just yes. falling into the garage yeah I get it and believe I'm me lightheaded it here. Would I this is be it would be <laughs> much worse for my husband to fall than it would be for me yeah right much right. worse right because you know the, the yeah. MS and everything yeah. so I was like no you can't and so I'm like adamant I'm like you gotta get out you can't do that and he's like Nikki it's okay I'm I'm standing on the wood thing and I'm like no I mean it was awful so anyway between him and my daughter they they pulled me out but he said he said when um when he heard my daughter say um mom fell through the roof mom fell through the roof yeah he looked in the he looked in the garage and he said I can see your leg (laughs) (laughs) he's 
like, if if I, I he wanted to take a picture, but then he's like, I can't because you would be really mad if I like took the took the second to like you know take a picture. But I'm like, kind of wish he would have now because it's really quite funny. And then I I look back at the hole and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Like, oh, you know, just thinking that I like really trashed our house. Anyway, you're don't so, fix the, don't fix the hole. You gotta no, leave we, the hole as like a memorial. We're site. gonna fix the hole because it's gonna be important to know where not to stand. I know, I know. Well, what um why I feel so beat up though is because when you fall like that, um yeah. you don't come out with nothing. And yeah. so like my whole left leg is completely bruised from the knee to basically the ankle. Yeah. Um, I have a bruise on my shoulder. I have a bruise on my head, underneath my chin, um, on my arms. And then the worst one is on my side. And, uh, oh, it's nasty. It's like, it's swollen and um, it's really bad. So I feel very sore. I do feel like somebody just like kicked the crap out of me yeah. um and uh you know get all into of it. you my gotta plans. get into your chiropractic uh <laughs> you gotta get you probably need it because those that's very jarring right to fall yeah like i mean it was, it was a, out. Yeah. yeah so um but uh anyway i am fine and um, oh my god it my was glasses a funny are story. fogging up i'm crying I know, here i know it was quite the story and my husband and i and my daughter had a lot of fun kind of talking about it yesterday and kind of going through it too because you know they have great sense of humors and so we were talking about how if i had fallen through that i would have probably done like a flip and you know been yeah. like <laughs> crazy acrobat you know so um but um there were a couple things though i gotta tell you i was really lucky because one of the things that happened is I would have fallen all the way through and would have broken something. I wouldn't have died because it's not like far enough from the ground. But it's a high ceiling. It's far. It's a high enough ceiling. It's like at least 12 foot ceilings in there. It probably would have like hurt me. I mean, I know I would have like gotten something would have broken. Yeah. Um, But what was so interesting is there were, um, and it's so hard to explain, but there were these plates that we used to have hanging up that my kids, when they were little, they would draw on. So it's almost like chalkboard plate, you know, and there was two of them. And I remember seeing them when I went in to get the decorations. Well, when I fell, or at some point, those two plates fell onto the ground where I was at. And that's what I was sitting on. So because I was sitting on those, I didn't actually go through the roof. Wow. Completely. It was just my leg. You did save your <laughs> otherwise, life. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have like gone all the way through. I was also thinking, I am so glad that my that my daughter was helping me. And I can't imagine if I was doing that by myself, like what would have happened? So oh there were a God. lot of things that were put in place that I was like, okay, so you know, <laughs> it's a it is a Thanksgiving blessing. Mom fell through the Mom through yes, mom fell through the roof. Are you okay, mom? No, I'm not. I'm not okay. It was awful. Oh god. But anyway, um, there you have it. <laughs> now we have to move I, on to games. I'm not sure let's how talk, to do that. Uh we are gonna games. be talking <laughs> We are gonna talk about games today. 
<clears throat> I'm going to put that on the shirt. It's just going to have the leg sticking down. <laughs> it just says, Mom <laughs> fell through the roof. <laughs> ADHD podcast Thanksgiving. Pretty much. <clears throat> yep. And needless to say, my my Christmas stuff is not up yet. And it probably won't be for a while. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. It derailed everything. Something, something has to give. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some games today. And uh, I, you know where it came from? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Before we get started, uh, you know what you can do? You can head over to uh, TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit. But I, you're not going to find this story on that website, though. <laughs> and I feel like this is the story that <laughs> you get to know us the best. Now, this is the high watermark for getting to know Pete and Nikki with this today. But you can get to know other stuff at TakeControlADHD.com. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you an email each. (laughs) The graphic with the little leg. This is (laughs) going to pay dividends. Uh, We'll send you an email uh, each each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever touched you, or if you just want to help Nikki rehabilitate from her <laughs> uh, her activity, her Thanksgiving activity, please check out patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. You can support the show with just a few bucks a month. You can get access to the ADHD live stream. You can watch us record this show live on, on uh, in a, a very private YouTube link every single week that we record. You also get the show uh, early. Uh, you get the show a week up to a week early uh, if you subscribe to us through Patreon. In addition to uh, at, at the uh, higher level uh, support levels, you get access to our monthly workshop. You get access to uh, easy downloads of all of the past worksheets that we've ever done and all the PDFs. And uh, it's all it's all good. Mostly you're just supporting the ongoing development of this show and we deeply appreciate it. In fact, we count on it. Uh, thank you for your support of the ADHD podcast at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Can I start with a quick listener question? Yes, please. This came, came into, I feel like it's sort of tied in to my uh, my theme this week. Oh, and good. it is, uh, it, it came into the general uh, channel just, I think, this morning. And here it is. A uh, good Monday morning, y'all, asking for advice on how you guys structure your unstructured time and how you found your hobby or calling. I thrive on extrinsic motivation, uh, for example, deadlines and grades and anything that quantifies my performance and productivity. Of course, I thrive on high pressure environs and hobbies never really provide that for me. So I'm looking for help on how to be an actual person with hobbies or something. I know Take Control ADHD has covered this topic already, but yeah. And, and <laughs> they want ends, more. Ends on the yeah, and I just thought, what a good time! You know, we've if right. if you're not in the U.S., uh, it, what you know, I think the stereotypical U.S. kind of Thanksgiving, you go home, you eat a lot on the last Thursday of the month or the fourth Thursday of the month. Uh, is it the last Thursday for that? I don't know. There is a Thursday near the end of, of November and you eat a ton and you're hanging <laughs> out with family and there's a lot of games and puzzles and things that happen. And uh, and and it's a good time to reflect on, you know, the things that you're into, what you're what are the things that you do to pass the time? So I wanted to ask you, how do you handle this, uh, Nikki? How do you help others handle this? on structuring your unstructured time and finding a hobby? Well, that's a really good question. And I, you know, by reading and listening to you actually uh, read the question, what I would say is that, you know, make 
make a game out of trying to kind of figure out what your hobby or calling is, right? I mean, I think that you have to do a little bit of exploration and um, it may be good to kind of look at maybe some different sports or some different things. Like I just uh, watched an interview on one of the hikers um, that do these hiking um, these, you know, extraordinary hikes up these mountains and it's insane. And, uh, but, you know, for somebody that has that adrenaline rush that is looking for something like that, that might be something to to look into or something along those lines. So I would, I would say just keep looking, keep being open to what interests you, try it, see what you think. Um, hobby and calling, I think are kind of two different things yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, a calling for me is more of like what I do here. You know, I feel like what my work is, is a calling. Like I, I love what I do. I love the people I work with. I love working with you. I love doing this podcast to me. I'm exactly where I need to be, but this is, that's more of a professional environment. My hobbies are very different. You know, um, they have nothing to do with ADHD, (laughs) Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty um, because I'm actually more of an introvert. They're they're more of hobbies that are that I do by myself. Yeah. Um. So I think it's just a matter of kind of figuring out who you are and and uh, trying some stuff out. See what sticks. And it's OK if it doesn't stick for long. Right. Because that's part of your ADHD. Don't beat yourself up if you're interested in something for a while and then you lose interest. That's OK. Right, right. Find right. something else. Uh, well, and yeah, I mean, I, I come back to it. It is the time to reflect a little bit on uh, some. Uh, you can quantify anything, right? You can you can set goals and put numbers to anything that you want to get better at. And for me, uh, you know, I've talked about NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month in the past, and that was a thing that really helped me get over the hump of figuring out how to write a fiction novel, a long form piece. I couldn't have done it without the the metric and the graph and the, the mm-hmm. you know, the pace, uh, the, the the tracking my words per day, words per hour kind of pace to get to know, you know, my relationship with this as, a, you know, a hobby turned, uh, you know, professional part of my career. And um, so that was a that was a big deal for me. I, I think that uh, anything that you can you if you figure out the right metric, uh, you can you can make anything a, a sort of relatable uh, a hobby that that tunes into that part of your brain, that extrinsic extrinsic motivation. Um, in, in terms of structuring time, I think that's the bigger question for, for right. me, which is because all of the time that I devote to a, a hobby can become a black hole time sink of of doom if I'm not careful, right? Whether it's how many DVDs can I rip in a day uh, from my personal collection in order to put them in my online collection uh, so that I can stream them. That'll take me a year, you know? Right, right. uh, And and I'll lose track of everything and stop eating. Um, And so being able to figure out what uh, what the limiters are whether I'm putting false limitations, like, you know, fake limitations in the process, you know, like I have to do 15 push-ups between every DVD I rip. I don't know what that is, but, right, but right. some sort of constraint in the, in the some sort of wrench in the mix to, to slow me down or, or make me stop and reflect on when the last time I ate was. Like, those are the things that I, that I have to think about. So, um, but I try to do, I, I put it in my calendar, right? I structure my time in my calendar because I'm one of those hyper-scheduling guys. Like, I, if, I, if I don't 
don't put it in the calendar, I'll forget to do it. And if I do, it'll have an alarm associated with it, and I'll do it, and I'll make process progress on my hobbies. I'll get better right. at the skills I want to develop. And so I think that's, for me, that's a really important thing. Maybe it's a half hour a day. Maybe it's 45 minutes. Whatever it is, I make sure it's represented or I won't. I won't do it. So I don't know if that helps. Um, and uh, but I really appreciate the question. I hope others jump in there. It's in the general uh, chat. And I just checked. And this it is. Uh, this was from her. Uh, it's from uh, Grammar Nazi. So thank you. Oh, Grammar. Okay. Not Nazi. Not C. Mm. Not. Yeah. The other one. Uh, but um, I love it. Great question. We'll probably have to there. do another. We'll probably have to yeah. do a new a new show on unstructured time, right? Where we actually put a little bit more thing. thought into it. Yeah, too. Right, um, right. That's so. hard. So let's talk about games, Nikki Kinzer. Yes, that's fun. Yeah, you know, so a lot of games come across the boards uh, over these holiday weekends. A lot of games and puzzles, and so I started it kind of percolating on the kinds of games that uh, attract me, right? The things that attract my brain, because there are definitely games that repulse me. And uh, yeah, we'll talk I would about say those me too. too. Yeah, right? Yeah, so, there's so, some I'm drawn to. Right. So what are the kinds of games that attract my brain with ADHD? And so I started doing a little bit of research, and it turns out there's there's kind of some research out here that that actually helps us refine the the whys, right? Why certain games and activities um, are helpful for ADHD. And I thought, you know what? We don't really do a holiday like gift show. <laughs> that's not, not that's anymore. not really our motivation. You know, we no. did a long, long time ago. But I started thinking like these. I have some some games that I guess are kind of recommendations, but more like category recommendations, and hopefully. Uh, suggestions for folks to at least think about what you might introduce into your life to to help um, uh, to help you kill some time and maybe introduce some new sorts of family time uh, that that might help. So, if you do a search, Nikki Kinzer, for ADHD games, what do you think you're going to find? If you just oh. go on the Google, what are you going to find? I'm surprised I haven't done that at you this don't. point. Don't do don't? it. Don't. Oh, okay. It's okay. Yeah, I. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know what I would find. Well, the first thing you find is like neurofeedback opportunities for kids with ADHD, right? And that is that means we're oh. plugging kids into an EEG and we're making them try to accomplish tasks on the computer and watch their brain activity as they accomplish tasks on a computer. And the, the idea behind these neurofeedback games is, I, I think, really, it's kind of, it's fun and it is intriguing for me to, to at least think about, which is training your brain to find uh, emotional states that, uh, that are that allow you to uh, you know achieve sort of a a normative relationship with time and space around you as you're accomplishing tasks. If you find a space of focus, you hopefully over time will learn how to find that focus again without being plugged into the machines because you'll know what your brain feels like when it's in in that space. Um, and and so there are all kinds of opportunities for for neurofeedback games, uh, but they're kind of hard because they usually have to, uh, you have to go into a specialist and you have to like train your brain by being plugged into somebody else's equipment and home opportunities for those things are, are isolating and um, not terribly reliable. And so there's been a spinoff of these neurofeedback games, and I'm sure you have heard of these. These are cognitive training games and you find them all over the internet, 
games like Lumosity and Brain HQ and Peak. These are things that you usually get on some sort of a freemium model, right? Where you get out mm-hmm. your phone or your iPad or whatever, and you work on things like memory training and um, you know pattern recognition and things that are supposed to make you, by judging your reaction time, make you uh, better at you know all sorts of different contexts outside of the environment. Have you ever tried any of these? Have you ever the biggest one? I think was Lumosity for a while. They got sued for false claims and they've gotten sort of quiet. Um, oh, but they're, yeah, they're no, still definitely out there. I haven't tried any but. of these. Mm-mm. So I I uh, tried Lumosity for a little while, and Brain HQ is another one that's super popular. They make me really mad, like intensely mm. mad, uh, because I I just like some of them I can do very very well, and the ones that I can't do very well I do very very poorly, and so I get just furious at the experience. And so I started reading up, like, are these any good? Am I really missing the boat at having one of these like quick to play games on my phone uh, to do when I'm waiting in line? Like, should I do the pattern recognition games and should I tap away and making sure with which face there's one oh my goodness over at Brain HQ where it asks you to recognize uh, a face it's like a face recognition thing so you see a face very quickly and then it shows you other faces at different perspectives like you'll look at them side down like up at their faces as if you're seeing them from the side when only you, you only saw them from the front and that destroys me it just wow, destroys that would be me. Hard. Oh goodness, it's just awful. So I start reading up on these things, and um, and it turns out these games are the good news first. Good news, okay. they don't do any damage to you, right? If you're oh, not good. enraged by them and you like <laughs> playing them, go on and play them. They're not going to make anything worse. Okay, so okay. that's like that's the the table stakes are these won't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, also, you will get better at the tasks that you are doing in the game. So you'll get better at playing the game facial recognition and playing the game shape recognition and twisty turny shapes. Like you'll get better at those things. So those are the two bits of good news. Here's the problem. There is no conclusive research that says you will get better at living your life in any other context outside of doing those specific games. So while you'll get better at the facial recognition stuff as you tap around on your brain HQ, you won't get better at, at you know, living your life with ADHD as a result of hours and hours of practice of that. You will only get better at the task in the game. So what you're saying is it doesn't really help with the executive functions. It doesn't right. improve the executive functions. That it just improves whatever right. it is you're specifically doing for that game. Okay. Right. And, and so that is, that's the thing. Like, I, And that's the thing to, to just be aware of those things. There's nothing that says you shouldn't do them. It's nothing that says they're introducing evil into the world. They're not snake oil. You'll get better at doing those tasks. You'll get faster. And there's a dopamine push that goes along with that. You'll feel good about doing them. But the research so far is deeply inconclusive about about the the actual uh, utility of those things, in a, uh, and so it's it's important to just recognize that's what those are. But there are mm-hmm. other little things that that I like even better, and and that's why I, I want to talk about uh, puzzles. Uh, puzzles, I, I love. Yeah, puzzles. do you do do you do the crosswords? I don't do crosswords because I'm awful at them. Like I can never think. Do you of think the word. those two things are related? The words could it, and the, could it be that you're awful at them because you don't do them? Probably because I don't like them, yeah. so I don't do them. Yeah, but I do. I do do Sudoku. I like Sudoku. 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 
Yeah. Sudoku. Sudoku. So 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 so. I, I haven't played it in a long time. a ding dong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, haven't, I haven't done that those kinds of puzzles in a long time, but yeah. I used to really enjoy them. Well, you know, so far the the research says that, uh, and and there is a ton of research on specifically on these particular kinds of puzzles um, related to age, right? Cognitive function and uh, right. Alzheimer's, right? That's really where a lot of the research is. And is I've focused. heard that before. Like the more yeah. you do puzzles and crosswords and all of this stuff, yep. the the uh, less chance you have of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Or, you, right? you get better at them, and you get better at them quickly too, because you mm-hmm. learn that there are patterns and there are repeated clues and there are words that are just, you know, they're, they're words that once you learn them, you'll find them in all kinds of puzzles. Um, mm. it, it, Dr. Ann Corbett at the University of Exeter Medical School led a 25-year longitudinal study on age and relationship to doing these puzzles every day. And they said that uh, what they discovered was that uh, the the memory performance and being able to function in these kinds of cognitive tasks improved uh, really stunningly. Uh, in fact, uh, let's see, the improvements are are particularly clear in the speed and accuracy of their performance. In some areas, the improvement was quite dramatic on measures of problem solving. People who regularly do these puzzles performed equivalent to an average of eight years younger compared to those wow. who didn't. Eight years is a long time, y'all. That to have, is In terms a long of brain time. function, that's a big deal. So the question is, like, what does that do for ADHD? If it works so well for aging brains, what does it do for, for ADHD? There's a, there are a different set of, of kind of relationships there. And in fact, there isn't a lot of research being done specifically to ADHD, but there is with chess. If you've never played chess, it turns out that chess is one of those uh, one of those games that that also um, has a distinct relationship uh, with uh, executive function, right, and performance and focus, and you can improve. Uh, as it turns out, a study at the University of Madrid, uh, it, it it's very early, and the the researchers say you should be cautious when reading our data here. But what we have found is uh, that it it turns out that playing chess should definitely be included in a multimodal treatment of ADHD. It can deeply offset the requirements of uh, a regular practice of chess can can potentially offset requirements for meds. Uh, They can change the way you focus, change your relationship with your executive functioning disorder. So chess, who knew? Chess fascinating. I imagine that the same is. kind do of thing. Do you play? I do. Uh, I don't play as much as I used to, uh, but I do have a board and I have a, a dear friend. My my kid's uh, godfather actually had a set of chess pieces, beautiful set of chess pieces custom made for me uh, as a gift uh, some 15 years ago that that hmm. we still kind of play. It's a they're giant, beautiful kind of soapstone, uh, oh, completely nice. custom molds that are just lovely. So I'm I am a big fan of the game. I don't play enough. I'm not very good at it, uh, but I do enjoy playing it. I also love playing Go. It's kind of a similar um, experience playing Go, which is a sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's diminutive or dismissive to call it Chinese chess. But uh, if you've never played Go, that's another uh, really fun uh, game that allows you to trigger a part of your brain that you just don't normally, normally trigger. So right. I, you know, they, it comes down to this, this approach to inattentive mistakes, right? When you're playing games, what is the cost of an inattentive mistake? And a crossword 
the inattentive mistakes are very, very low. When you're sitting around doing a crossword and you you lose track of what's going on for a few minutes, you can come back to the crossword, right? It's right, not like right. the crossword or is going to Or if you're doing keep... it in pencil yeah. you, and you made right. a mistake, you can erase it and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> exactly. It's not like the crossword's going to fill itself out if you look away for five minutes and think right. about the dog, right? It's, right? it's not going to do that. When you're playing chess with somebody else, the cost of inattentive mistakes is much higher because if you stop paying attention, right, then the game will go on. You will miss a move that was important to you. And mm-hmm. I like I, it's one of the reasons I love playing with my son so much because uh, the cost of his inattentive mistakes are tend to be higher for him than for me. <laughs> and mm. so I'll move a piece and he'll totally miss it. And that will be the the thing where he loses the game. So he's about right. the only one anymore that I can I can beat pretty regularly because of it. <laughs> Attentive mistakes. I hope he doesn't listen to this show. That's um, right. Because he will start paying attention. Uh, yes, he will. So, so there is this this issue with impulsivity in game and in games and what is satisfying to you and what you need practice on. Like one of those reasons that chess can be exhaustive if you're new to it because you have to work so hard until you develop that muscle that and and are able to focus for just just long enough that you can start thinking one or two moves ahead. Uh, you know, you're you're not paying to you compete in worlds here. You don't need to think 20 moves ahead. You just just get right. one or two and you're going to be fine. Um, so uh, I, I love those. I also love the crosswords. My wife and I subscribe to the New York Times crossword service, highly recommended because you get access to the archives and you can play on the iPad or your phone. And we do it one every single night before bed. The lights go out. We play a crossword and then we go to bed. And it's just a it's a little ritual that we we love doing. These kinds of games are really useful. Uh, but I do want to talk about my this is where we get into some harder core recommendations because these are super fun. They're super fun around the holidays because you have a lot of people around and having a lot of people around means you can think about games in a new kind of way. So do you play Monopoly, Nikki Kinzer? I have. Yeah, do you like, I have. Do you it. Like it? I mean, um, it's too long. Yeah. It's too long of a game. So it's almost like we always, we haven't played in a couple of years, but the last time we played, it was the four of us. It was my family. And it was probably not this last summer, but the summer before that. So it's been, it's been about two years. Um, and we ended up like making up a rule about how to get it to, because yeah, how to just, end the game. Yeah, yeah there are very few games long. that drive me to want to like turn over a table. Like I just, right. I, I hate Monopoly. It's the worst. Yeah. It's like the message of Monopoly is the worst. It's just, it's like you're out, it's too long and it's too long of an experience of just beating down each other. And that's why I present Monopoly first because this category of games that I want to talk about that I recommend and particularly recommend in light of ADHD are cooperative games. In every way, these games are opposite of Monopoly. These are games where you and a group of friends are playing against chance, right? You're playing against the game itself, okay? And that's what makes these games fantastic. So the first one that sort of cornered the market wasn't the first in, in this sort of style of game. This sort of style of game has been around for a long time, but the one that I think started really rising to prominence is called Pandemic. Pandemic is a delightful game, complicated in its initial setup, but really fun because you and your everybody playing take on different roles. Like you may be a, a medic, you may be a scientist, you may be a, a rescue worker. Whatever your job is, you're working in cooperation 
with everyone else at the table. And so you have to stop an outbreak of a big disease. That's your job. Together, you work against the table, against the cards, against the all of the things of chance that could go against you. And I'm telling you, this game can turn your life on its ears. What's lovely about this from the ADHD perspective is it doesn't slow down. You are right, constantly right. engaged and moving and you're talking to other people and they have to talk to you and work with you. You don't have any chance for your gameplay to stop and then five other people to have to go before it's your turn again. You're always thinking cooperatively with the rest of of the uh, of the players and it's that's just so problem. fun. That's the problem with dominoes. I love playing dominoes, but man, if you're going to play dominoes with me, you better be fast. Yes. Like do not be thinking. Like you need to know your mo- your move way before it's even your turn because that drives me crazy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and 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 yeah. I think that that pacing thing, the the idea of working cooperatively actually does again back to this inattentive mistakes catastrophe, right? Because right. you're working cooperatively with other people, the inattentive mistake risk is mitigated because other people are looking at you saying, "Are you sure you want to play that card?" Like what the rest of us are doing is this other thing and it feels like you may not be paying attention. Let's like can we rethink this, right? You're helping so- one another. Is this an actual game that you buy at the store? Yes, it is. Okay. It is. Now, a, these are all physical games that I'm talking about now. These and are I have all a couple more to, to, that I really want to talk about. Yeah. It, but before you do that, it, and, and maybe these are one of those games, have you heard of the game that is actually sent to your house like once a month and it's like a, it's like a mystery or murder mystery or investigating? Oh. Nikki, and, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, and now I don't remember the name of it, but you're absolutely right. That should be on this list. Yes. Because I think that would be fun, too. That would yep. be totally something fun to look forward to, especially, I think, as our kids are older now, they're teenagers, it would be a, a fun way of getting the family together that is unique. You'd be looking forward to it. It's like, oh, I wonder what, you know, yes. I wonder what is this month's mystery or whatever it is, but I can't remember what it was called. There are a couple. There are some that are actually really interesting. We did a whole show on the escape room and the ADHD, so they make me a little mm-hmm. bit uh, nervous. But there are a couple sure that did. are escape the crate is one that uh, thirty dollars every two months, and you get you essentially get escape rooms uh, that you set up in your house. Um, there are like murder mysteries. Like, did you ever play Murder in the House or Murder in the Dark when you were a kid, where everybody's wandering around and there's one person who like, no, they shake a hand. Right? You and I have played a murder mystery at my old house in Tigard. Yes, we did. And I am going to post some photos. No, you're not. Yes, I am. We're speaking. We're talking about games. And you and I, our our friends and our, our spouses, we all played a game. And it was a murder mystery game. And we had to get dressed up. And do you remember right, the, you do looked you remember mighty the era? fine. Do you remember the era? 1970s, baby. Yes, it was. 1970s. I still have my suit, that white suit. Yeah, I'm posting that. Oh, dear. All, All you right. uh, Patreon members are going to get a treat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay, go ahead. Go Anyhow, on. <laughs> so you can, the, the other one that we'll put a link to is Hunt a Killer, which is another one that is highly, highly reviewed, although I've not subscribed to it, so I can't actually talk about it. But I've heard wonderful things about it. And so um, we'll put links in the show notes to that's those great. as well. Okay. 
All right, uh, the other on. one, I, I, there are a couple more that are like that, like Flashpoint Fire Rescue is one that is highly recommended where you work together to save people from a burning building. And it feels like, cool. like yeah, and, and you know how you lose? If people die in the house, but the people are like chance, right? Or a building can collapse that is oh, just, geez. my can favorite. Can you fall through a roof? Right. <laughs> little leg. My uh, little leg is that 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 probably is right. going to minus the point. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Zombie side is another one. You you each play as a survivor with special skills. So after you know pandemic, a lot of these just sort of blossomed. Uh, stop a thief or stop thief. This is an interesting one because you play a, a private investigator, right? You you're a team of private investigators to catch criminals. But the cool thing is there is an app actually that you you can download, and the app will deliver you audio clues as you play. And these audio clues can actually get more or less descriptive as you get good at the game. So you can actually change the difficulty of the game every time you play thanks to this lovely uh, app that that works in parallel with the game. So that's that one. The last one I want to mention, I swear this is the very last one, and then we'll get out of here. I was just introduced to this game at a friend's party, a friend's house, and it was kind of a group party game. And I am now addicted to this. I think about this game all the time. It's not a mystery. It's not a story. It's just shapes. All right. So you're sitting down at a table and you have foam blocks of different sizes, right? Cubes and diagonals and cones and all kinds of things, right? All spread out on the table. And they're all different colors. And you each get a card, like six people, I think six to eight people can play, and you each get a card. And on that card is a two-dimensional representation of a final shape, right? That is different from the person next to you. But it is the same shape when it's finished, right? So you have to work together to build the three-dimensional building structure that represents what's on your card and, and what's on their card and their card and their card all the way around. So all oh, of these cards add up to make the final shape, which is a three-dimensional structure that you're building together on this table. It's called Mental Blocks, and it is so much fun. And it has my brain on fireworks in the very best way. Not that oh, stupid, cool. horrible way. It's a really, right. really good way. And uh, we had a blast with this game. Eventually, as you play, get better at it, uh, you introduce saboteur cards where one person will have a Ooh. shape that doesn't match and you have to figure out that person. Uh, it's just extraordinarily fun. Uh, all of these kinds of, of games, I think, work just beautifully uh, for gifts. If you want to give a gift to your own family yes, and introduce some great. new time, these are gifts at games that you can sit down with with your ADHD and uh, approach a game in a way that doesn't make you want to turn over the table uh, and I love actually it. have some fun with it. So that that's it. That's my little contribution to the holiday spirit. I I, um, I, I hope that's useful for somebody. Uh, and uh, links uh, to all these things will be in the show notes. That's great. What do you Thank think? you, Pete. How do we do? This is great. This is a yes, little, little I, bit of an I aside, have, not quite I so heavy. I have some ideas for, for gifts. Excellent. Excellent. I hope you play hard. So thank you, everybody, uh, for downloading and listening to the show. As always, we appreciate your time and your attention. Uh, on behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. Uh, you should probably use this as an opportunity to go reinforce that attic floor. We'll catch well, you next week. Well, I was week. just going to say, yeah. I should probably just, you know, on one last note, just be careful where you walk on the attic floor. 
plywood studio. Because you might be dangling. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't. We'll catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.